Welcome the two of you <laughs> to the three of us now. Yeah, this is that not two people anymore. This is a bit of fraud. Yeah. Five episodes in. This is a fraudulent fucking podcast. Goddamn fraud. So, happy 420. (laughs) 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 That sounds beautiful. Yeah. So, welcome back. Welcome back to our podcast. uh, Podcast for two people here on uh, SoundCloud. With us today is our good friend Tony. Um, guest starring on our episode on virtual reality. And of course, uh, to my right, the uh, lovely mm, Brent. Brent. <laughs> Brent. Just Brent. Just Brent. And uh, Tony, so good so good of you to actually come over to my humble abode, this Wasn't echoey. Show? Yeah, this yeah. echoey cavern that we found. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me. Bear with us. Oh, It'll cool. be a hoax. Hoping this is going to be a blast. Uh, we've been we've been kind of tossing around the idea of having a couple of guest people every once in a while to uh, talk about things that they uh, have some knowledge on and everything like that, just to kind of bring some depth to the show. Yeah, we got a resident VR expert. Yes, I wouldn't say expert. Uh, <laughs> no, you know, expert. I bought a I bought a headset. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. That that that's, that was your golden ticket. You, you can go on to um, you can go on to like fucking. HR Vive, you can go to their website, you can print out a lot of, uh, like, a diploma that says you're an expert now. Uh-huh. That's I how guess. it works. That, uh-huh. I'm, I'm assuming that's how all that works. Well, yeah, yeah duh, I mean, that's why I'm able to uh, legally marry chihuahuas in the Man, state of Arizona. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was an awful hot take. So today we're going to talk about um, virtual reality as far as where it came from, how it got to where it is today, the possibility of where it could go tomorrow. And uh, talk about how we've seen it in other forms of mass media, and talk about our own personal experiences, whether it's uh, in our living rooms or um, in a broader area, such as an arcade. Uh, many, many different things, and as uh, as always, offering our own opinions as to uh, what's great, what's awful, what needs to be done, what we'd like to see, and everything in between. So, to start us off. First and foremost, what I'd like to bring to the table uh, is a really awesome article that I found um, by the Franklin Institute on their actual uh, .edu. The Franklin Institute of uh, Philadelphia, I do believe, if I, uh, if I am good at reading. Okay. So this is, this is their uh, essentially um, synopsis of virtual reality and where it comes from, where it is now, etc., etc. So, today's virtual reality technologies build upon ideas that date back to the 1800s, almost at the very beginning of practical photography. In 1838, the first stereoscope was invented using twin mirrors to project a single image. That eventually developed into the Viewmaster, patented in 1939, and is still being produced today. So, either of you guys know that this actually started as far back as nearly... I mean, over 200 years ago. I didn't know. That's uh, some VR expert I am, huh? Yeah, good job. Yeah. I'm going to shred up that uh, Oculus diploma you got. Yeah, yeah set it on fire. Mm-hmm. And shoot it with a crossbow. <laughs> it's fucking done. So the use of the term virtual reality, however, was first used in the mid-1980s. 
when Jaron Lanier, founder of BPL Research, began to develop the gear, including goggles and gloves, needed to experience what he called virtual reality, which I think harkens to our ideas as far as the 80s go, goggles, gloves, I to e, what? A uh, true, true VR. Yeah, true if, you were the, if you were the cyber master, what did you have? You had a virtual boy, and you had a fucking power glove. Dude, virtual boy was like the 90s dog. Yeah, it's Back coming. Back it up. It's back it coming. Up, back it up. Chill. It's there. Stop. <laughs> but uh, do you guys remember the movie Wizard? Did you, either of you guys watch this? I yes. didn't see that. Okay, so I'm Brent. Familiar with it. Yeah, you're one of two people. Um, so, uh, Wizard, uh, briefly, I mean, really, all I'm getting at is the kid that had the power glove. And yeah, it's like really so angry. bad. Yeah, so fucking cool. And he was like playing like Rad Racer, just like. You can't Actually, see, you can't yeah. see him. I'm doing some sick ass, like cool '80s kid like face. Like, you would be really good at skits. Um, <laughs> even, know, that's my true calling. Yes, I'm stuck here doing this fucking podcast. God yeah, well, damn it. Yeah, I've got the keys to your shackles, so maybe if you're a good boy, I'll let you go and see the light of day. Okay. Uh, so even before that, however, technologists were developing simulated environments. One milestone was the Sensorama in 1956. Morton Halig's uh, uh, background was in Hollywood motion picture industry. He wanted to see how people could feel like they were in the movie. The Sensorama experience simulated a real city environment, which you quote-unquote rode through on, um, on a motorcycle. Multi-sensory simulation let you see the road, hear the engine, feel the vibration, and smell the motor's exhaust in the designed world, which I think is actually a health hazard. I'm going too far. Yeah, yeah, like, uh, they just, like, someone's got an old Cadillac, and they're like, spin the engine there, Bobby, and he's like, okay, and he just, you know, hits the pedal, and, uh, from there, you know, you just get exhaust fumes in your mouth and nose. Yeah, for some you, reason, make sure everyone you shut all the windows. Yeah, for some reason, you everyone don't fell asleep. Any outside factors into your, uh, virtual experience. <laughs> It really it'll, uh, it'll tear you out of the immersion. Yeah, exactly. That. So if we just I would rather know, die. Get a hose up to the face <laughs> to cover all the holes. You can just get that right. <laughs> and for some reason, everyone was always asleep by the end of the simulation. Uh, I wonder why. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like mild brain You're just damage. sleeping. So I like also patented a head-mounted display device called the Telesphere Mask in 1960. <laughs> Many inventors would build upon his foundational work. I'm sorry, but the Telesphere Mask sounds like an, an object made by Mysterio in the spectacular Spider-Man. Use the Telesphere Mask! <laughs> yeah, I'll get you today, Spider-Man! That's like, that's like shitty like B-movie sci-fi device. Like, I... Located her using my telesphere. She's in the uh, Sigma quadrant. Yeah, I was I was hoping <laughs> they were going to use the word quadrant. Yeah. I was waiting for it. So by 1965, careful with that school atomizer. <laughs> Whoa, man! <laughs> so another inventor by the name of Ivan Sutherland offered the ultimate display, a head-mounted device that he suggested would serve as a quote-unquote window into a virtual world. Uh, which, again, sounds like something that you're opening doors that should not be opened into the cyber realm. And you're going to let out, like, you know, things from Reboot, and it's going to... You say goodbye to your, your flesh. Yeah. And upload your consciousness, and then that's it. Yeah. Uh, now we've reached the, the singularity. I'm just going to keep making these jokes this whole episode. That's what needs to happen. Okay. So that's 19... all I have to add to this. <laughs> the 1970s and 1980s were a heady time in the field. 
Optical advances ran parallel to projects that worked on haptic devices and other instruments that would allow you to move around in virtual space. So at NASA Ames Research Center in the 1980s, for example, the Virtual Interface Environment Workstation, also known as VIEW, uh, this system combined a head-mounted device with gloves to enable the haptic interaction. So you could actually feel... You can manipulate your environment. Yeah. With your own hands. Yeah, and actually get that feedback, which uh, if you're unfamiliar as far as like haptic feedback, uh, go ahead and turn on your phone screen and feel the vibrations against your fingertips. Mm -hmm. So, uh, again, like a lot of this technology has gotten into literally everything that we use now. So today's current virtual reality gear owes a debt of gratitude to the pioneering inventors of the past six decades who paved the way for the low-cost, high-quality devices which are easily accessible. Be sure to visit VR stations at the Franklin Institute to experience a virtual environment for yourself. Which brings me to uh, my next point then. Um, there's a lot of different areas that we can actually uh, get to try out virtual reality rather than uh, purchasing an Oculus uh, Rift. Um, and we'll get into how long it took uh, for that to actually reach being able to like be sold to, say, Tony across mm -hmm. from me here. Uh, because that's a long fucking road. And uh, where is it now as far as cost-wise? So how much did you end up uh, putting into your Oculus uh, Rift? My Oculus cost, uh, I want to say, $500. It was like $499. Um, so not exactly uh, a machine that's, say, uh, say uh, economically available to every consumer. Yeah. Uh, just a little bit over the cost of uh, your next-gen system. I feel like we have to talk about cyberpunk. Obviously, and the original concept of it was a uh, high tech, low life. Yes, yeah. Um, you can also see it in today's movie, Ready Player One. Read the book, people. Read the fucking book. Are we gonna? Are we gonna dunk on no! Ready Player One? Right now? Okay, you know what? <laughs> Fuck that movie. Fuck that movie. Funko pops the movie. <laughs> Funko pops the movie. It's got everything, but nothing. But nothing at the same time. Uh, all flash, no substance. All flash, no substance. It's a good way to describe your boy here. <laughs> <laughs> you're 100% flash. Yeah. yeah. And then, like, you're, like, rubbing your eyes and I'm gone. Yeah. No, I throw a smoke Much bomb in. this man. And then, like, you see a bunch of coffee and then when all the smoke clears, I'm just laying on the floor dead. <laughs> I wish that's how I could go out. Um, yeah, high-tech, low-life. And it's a, a future where the technology is evenly distributed. So cyberpunk, you know, we've got this whole idea as far as uh, mass media goes, uh, tailored to virtual reality. Uh, I know that at least a few of us, there are some things that Tony here has seen the things that I have seen, the, uh, mm -hmm. the nightmares. What things have you seen in the virtual <laughs> realm? <laughs> well, we're, uh, all three of us are, are uh, weebs in our own, in our own oh, sense, but uh, fucking me and Tony uh, have uh, delved to new... Depths, as in lows, like Mariana Trench lows like, in anime. Like James Cameron's Abyss. Uh, even deeper. Sword Art Online, for one, is a is, a, is something that I do want to talk about because this is uh, where our minds go when we think about virtual reality, yeah. which then skews what we want out of the whole thing. It's essentially the end goal. What yeah. everyone wants, mm -hmm. or whatever. To leave their flesh behind. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, also their known flesh as. Life. Also known as in these media centers as a uh, full dive technology. And meat space. Yep. 
So your body essentially goes nearly 100% vegetable as your mind neuralink. Who needs it? Yeah, who needs it? Your mind goes full dive. You're neuralinked into a uh, headset and everything that you see and interact with are your limbs, your entire body movement, your brain is doing everything. It's essentially you're in a dream. Mm -hmm. um, your senses? Yeah. Uh, well, except for uh, feeling. They don't feel. That's the end goal. That's the end goal. Which brings me to my other idea. Uh, I briefly talked to Tony about this. Like, okay, so how deep do we want to go? If we're playing Street Fighter VR, do you want to feel Ryu Shoryukenu? Yeah. And then your ribs explode. You're like, oh, it's just, it's just fun fighting. Right. You, like, get beat up, and you're like, oh, man, that was a good fight. As you're, like, coughing up, like, blood ribs. Yeah, coughing up I just, like, seven yeah. of your livers. I want to I wanna make a short film now where it's like, what if, like... 99% of humanity is, like, in that vegetative state where they saw, like, the VR experience that caters to them. Yep. Who's left to monitor the machines? You know what? Why don't you go and direct an episode of Black Mirror? Oh. Suck my dick, Black Mirror. <laughs> Shut up! Uh, uh, so what if your mom was a computer? What, what, if, your what, if, your mom, what if your mom ran on batteries? Yeah, what if your mom ran on batteries, eh? Eh? Fucking bullocks all that shit. <laughs> well, that's my hot take on a uh, fucking Yorkshire talk. Um, <laughs> as Tony just waves his arms like, what the fuck did I get into? What did I just sign on for? Yeah. You have to stay till it's over. Yeah. Welcome to the it's nightmare. Fine. <laughs> it's fine. So, uh, Welcome to the new flesh. <laughs> like, uh, you know, touching on uh, Black Mirror while we're in mass media and the mm -hmm. uh, portrayal of Full Dive and everything like that, we saw that on a one of the, I think there's three seasons of Black Mirror, um, but uh, yeah, we saw we saw that in one of the episodes where older folks are in a simulated environment. Spoiler total, alert. Uh, total virtual reality. Yes. Yeah, spoiler alert. Yeah. Sorry. Whoops. Sorry for this year old season that's on Netflix now Who gives that you shit? probably already binged. You fuck. But anyway, I haven't yet. Yeah, That's what we do. good for you. Did you know your mom's a battery? So, um, Wait, I, just want, I don't know. I just want to see like what they do like when they're off work. Like, oh, I'm done looking at the machines, mm -hmm. and then like they just like walk around like empty Times Square. That's pretty much how it was kind of portrayed. There yeah. were all these uh, patients that are essentially geriatric. They're in homes. And it uh, helps people with Alzheimer's be able to go back and live their life as 20-year-old them in the era that they chose. That's so, pretty cool. Yeah, so what it shows is um, essentially the characters are in the 1980s, and it's like straight up uh, like Sunset Beach, Sunset Boulevard, fucking California, 1980s, going to a fucking arcade. You read about that one, like... There's that, like, I don't know, it was like a strip mall or something. I can't remember what country it was in or if it was in America, but it was, like, where people, like, live out the 50s and 60s, and they're for people with, like, Alzheimer's. Really? Remember, it was, like, people with, like, fucking, I'm sorry, I'm, like, I'm, kind of stumbling. I'm stumbling on this, but yeah, they, they like commit to the time period that these uh -huh. old people would be in. Wow. Yeah. Does it come with racism? Probably. <laughs> Sweet. Like, I imagine you just walk down this, like, hallway or whatever, and you're like, man, it's 1950. I wonder what 
Eisenhower's up to. <laughs> Fuck. Like, but see, that's the thing. As they're holding up the newspaper. Like, in, in virtual reality, you know, there may come a time. <laughs> no, I mean, like, it, it does add to the to point. I just like, have to think about that. Right. Well, you know, in, in virtual reality, there is, uh, it's not too far off that you could probably live that out. You could be a greaser if you really wanted to. I'm already a greaser. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a fucking greasy asshole, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. All right. So, uh, but moving on. So, uh, other things, though, uh, like the game Dot .hack has been doing this for a very long time where it's full dive technology, but they're still uh, using their hands for their controllers and everything, but it's all neuralinked up. It's an MMO, of course, and uh, they also touch on a lot of the things that make us wary about virtual reality, where uh, they had a tragedy called Pluto's Kiss in which uh, thousands of people died uh, because of a malfunction with the Neuralinks. And a whole bunch of, well, they didn't quote unquote die. They went into like just 100% vegetative state comas. Like, like their they're, mind was They're lost. gone. They're yeah. gone. Like the brain is gone. And uh, Dot Hack Sign, the anime that uh, ran right before uh, Dot Hack Infection for the PlayStation 2, you follow a character named Sukasa whose brain has literally been uploaded by accident to the game and his body is like totally fucking like pretty much gone and you find out later it's a chick the brain was he suffered he she suffered massive amnesia and um it was all due to some programming in the game that was starting to have um sentience so we look at that we look at a singularity of course again how close do we get to the edge essentially but is that science fiction or is that reality you know what's the difference what's the difference and at, at, at some point i think that line you know does begin to blur especially as time goes on when we were playing soma yeah we were playing soma that's a big i thing. have not played that game and i do not want spoilers <laughs> all, right. all right we won't talk about that we won't talk about soma yeah play soma, play it's, play it's, soma. It's, it's pretty cool i've been if, being if harassed episode... for ever to play that game <laughs> By Brett. Yeah. Yeah. And Another he's like, mutual friend. Yeah. yeah. He uh yeah, he had talked to you. He wanted to talk to me about the game and I was like, fuck you, man. Just yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh you know, if this episode is remotely in your wheelhouse, please check out Soma. It's it's a really good game. It's uh and check out the dot hack series. Recently came out with a remaster of the GU series. We've been talking about games, but we gotta talk about movies. Uh yeah. You ever hear of fucking Johnny Mnemonic? I've heard of that. He won Keanu Reeves. Mm-hmm. Came out in 1995, I think. Could be wrong. Yeah. I already know what um, what uh, what thumbnail I'm going to use for this episode. So, look forward to that. I'll be looking for it. Oh, fun. Thinking back, back and forth at you. I know they did, yeah. a, they did an X-Files episode on VR. That's true, yeah. It was so bad. Was this like 90s X-Files? Yeah. Oh, I gotta find that. Oh, Wait, it was, was this the one that we had a conversation was, about a couple weeks ago? They had they had two. They had one where there was a girl, I think, that was going to upload her consciousness to the internet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there was another one that they did where they went into like this giant virtual holodeck-like room. That's and they fought that. some sort of sentient program that was like yeah. so like lawnmower man like oh she's lawnmower Worse. man yeah <laughs> it was just like yeah. it was just like this like scampily dressed freaking chick 
that was just this bad guy who would like kill people with virtual weapons and somehow they die. Yeah, if you die in the game, you die Die in real life. life. Yeah, Yeah, so I mean, you've heard that a million two times. What was the name of that fucking movie again? Fucking. uh, I'll find out later. Yeah, you'll find (laughs) out later. Find out for yourself. There's your homework. I'm having Uh, a good time. (laughs) Who's not? Um, So. I'm not. I'm not. (laughs) Get me the fuck out of here. So, another, another fun idea here. Let's uh, look at um, the timeline for VR. Look at where it came from. We talked briefly. So this is not an entirely accurate timeline, and I will have to add a couple things. I'm sure that we'll have some little notes here and there. But uh, overall, I'm going to start back in 1956 with uh, what, I had mad, uh, what I had mentioned before with uh, the Franklin Institute's article, the uh, Sensorama. So that was in uh, 1956... And then uh, it had a mechanical prototype in 1962. In 1961, uh, Philco Corpor- uh, Corporation's head sight, which is literally a football helmet. It is a football helmet with an overhead display. Uh, this is a headset-based v- uh, VR system developed by uh, an electronics company, Philco Corporation, for remotely directing uh, hazardous operations. So you figure out um, essentially what we've seen with um, uh, drones being uh, operated by off-site pilots and things. So then we so go to like doing their jobs from mm-hmm. a VR headset. Yes, that is that, kind of a thing now too. Mm-hmm. With, uh, I say just, that's, that's what I always want to do at like my uh, dishwashing job. It's just work from home, like on my computer, and just like click on my employees. And then, like, right-click on what I want them to do. Like, an RTS, basically. I was going to say it's XCOM, but, like, there's always, like, a 30% chance of them, like, fuck up. cutting off their arm. They're like, Ugh! Okay, I need you to uh, load this up in the dishwasher, and they just, like, put their body fail. And, like, they put their body in the dishwasher. They're like, Ugh! But they're clean afterwards. <laughs> yeah. But so, clean as corpse. I was going to say, <laughs> yeah, using, using the technology yeah. from, like, VR headsets and stuff, uh recreational uh, drones. Yeah. The quadcopters that you see flying. A lot of people now are wearing headset displays for them. That's pretty cool. That they can see where, see what the drone's doing. And so then we go to 1968 with the ultimate display, which is uh, another helmet-mounted display to incorporate tracking. So literally, uh, like, where you're moving your head and uh, everything like that. So that was produced by Harvard University by uh, previously named Ivan Sutherland. In 1982, we had the Data Glove by Thomas Zimmerman, which uh, he patented his optical flexion sensing glove for human-computer interaction, a device that is still in use today, which is literally like our, uh, our glove with, uh, with sensors on it, on all the fingers and everything. I'm sure you just heard my cat... My lovely black cat Gigi. Her black uh, gift. Her bla- my black gift. <laughs> yeah, you're black. Uh, so <laughs> then we have uh, the view that was mentioned that was NASA's uh, research center work uh, on multi-sensory interactive immersive 3D VR system for robot teleoperation and human-computer interface research, which is actually much closer to what we see with the uh, HTC Vive as well as uh, the Oculus Rift, where it is no longer a fucking helmet, but literally a, a massive pair of goggles with your screen on there. Uh, your peripherals are covered up by your goggles and everything like that. 
goggles is a really good uh, term to use to describe it because the Oculus, when they, uh, when the founder uh, created them the first time, he made them with some lenses, a screen, and a pair of ski goggles. No shit. Yep. That was how he did it in his garage. And of course, uh, something as massive as this always starts in a garage. Starts in some asshole's garage. <laughs> right, and I'm hoping that I'm that asshole, and uh, it's your studio room. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even call it my studio. It, uh, it really funny. is, but you also sleep in there. I sometimes. sleep in there. I shit in there. <laughs> <laughs> Believe me, uh, that's I don't need virtual reality to smell the shit that's in that fucking corner. <laughs> Uh, so in 1985, <laughs> and it's not funny, but it is. <laughs> in 1985, VPL Inc., uh, the founder, uh, Jaron Lamier, who was also previously mentioned, uh, populars, uh, po- po- sorry, popularizes the term virtual reality and begins manufacturing the data glove and other VR companies bloom around the environment. Now, see, that's just it. It's, and it takes a pioneer to actually break out and say... I can actually make this a uh, an actual product, and then other people will actually follow. Uh, someone actually has to break that mold and say, hey, look at this. Look what we can do. Um, going from there, in the same year, we have the USAF Super Cockpit, which is U.S. Air Force's uh, development of the visually coupled airborne systems simulator. So this oh, is for flight simulation and ergonomic studies. Ooh, flight simulation. Yeah, exactly. So like, I had this idea. Yeah. It's like what I wanted like you know like B seventeen bombers. They have like crews of like thirteen people. Yeah, it's a small village on a on an airship. That's that's like that's like my ideal virtual reality experience. Mm-hmm. Almost like uh, it's like Sea of Thieves, but it doesn't suck. <laughs> we have thirteen people in VR, right? Yeah. Or like an IMBR, just like a, like what if? <laughs> what if? What if? Yeah. You just kind of made like a mock aircraft, mm-hmm. and then like the rest of the, instead of goggles, it was like, like a 360 degree almost, like, yeah. chamber. That like was my idea. Like a, yeah. Almost like a VR bubble. experience. <laughs> Sorry. Get time. <laughs> I don't know, I just think we cool. Right. Are you talking like... Uh, it's, it's 420, so I'm like drunk and not high. Right. Mm-hmm. Drunk in giant quotes. Stay out I'll of... I'll let you decide. Stay out of teeth, brush your drugs, <laughs> don't do school. Yeah, school so, fucking sucks. <laughs> but uh, apparently a lot of people had to go to school to make virtual reality happen. As uh, in 1987... Yeah, welcome to being a good host. Yeah. So, in 1987, Scientific American publishes a piece on VPL and the data glove, which marks the beginning of swelling global hype surrounding VR tech, which is what needed to happen. People actually needed to get behind it, needed to create the idea of commerce behind uh, virtual reality. I heard somebody recently describe VR as uh, being in the car phone phase. That's a good way to put it, honestly. (laughs) Yeah, that's... I don't know. We might be flip phones now. Now with some of the newer stuff. Some like crazier razor action. Yeah. Like there was like a developer. Or like the Nokia bricks. <laughs> yeah. Those little. Yeah. There's like a developer that stopped at VR. Yeah, I think it was the Eve Online actually. Oh, with Valkyrie. Yeah. yeah. I think they canceled their VR port because they like just weren't feeling it or something. No, they they had 
Well, there's also PSVR as well. So what were you saying about uh, oh. Valkyrie then? You so the EVE Online developers, um, they created EVE Valkyrie, which was supposed to be like themed around the EVE Online universe. If you're familiar with that, we might have more of that on another episode. Okay, yeah. yeah, definitely in the future we will be touching up on uh, EVE Online, the everything that is. We'll be touching up on, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Tony, but Dust? A little bit on Dust. Dust didn't make it for very long. But it is um, definitely part of the history, and as far mm -hmm. as I know, the the history of your uh, actual oh, corporation. Yeah. Yep. So I'll uh, shelve all that for now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, going further into 1987, this was apparently a fairly lucrative time for virtual reality as far as the beginnings go. So we had a uh, kind of group that started called Virtuality, which is actually a pretty good term. Uh, so, Dr. John Waldern founds W Industries, which leads to Virtuality Group, and sell, uh, sells complete real-time interaction virtual reality systems for arcade gaming. Which, actually, this is going to be my first little uh, tie-in as far as uh, arcade gaming. Not necessarily where I'll go into with um, my own interactions, but uh, games that use... Uh, Sort of virtual Sudobi, reality? Yeah. yeah. I had I had a game in mind, but Silent Scope. Yeah. Is what I was gonna I was talk gonna go about. back further and say uh, Battlezone. Tell me about Battlezone and I'll follow up with Silent Scope. Battlezone was like you you put your face in these goggles and it was yep. like uh vector graphics like tank warfare. Mm-hmm. You had two joysticks that you um like manipulated. It was like operating a tank. Yeah. I mean I've never done that, but I imagine it's Somewhat similar. No, remember the, the when you were in tank uh, controls. Remember right. when you were in a uh, tank tour thirty sixty. That was a dark time in my life. Yeah, the three hundred and sixtieth Fireborn. I didn't see the sun for two years. It was a dark time. Just, in Vietnam War two. Yeah, just you know. Nineteen ninety X. Looking through my scope, you know, just like adjust three degrees. Fire one ready. And just <laughs> the deafening thud. <laughs> Of a shell, just a uh, HE shell, just going into a building. Yep, and the screams of thousands of uh, insurgents. Yeah. <laughs> thousands of insurgents in a single building. Yes, All it's a uh, shell. I'm not proud of my time. Peach tree. Judge Dredd, fuck you guys. <laughs> fuck you guys. Peach tree was the building in the movie, right? Yes. Thank you. God, fuck. Okay, so... I had no fucking idea. Going into silent scope away from Brent's PTSD episode, uh, long live the Fireborn. Um, so, going into silent scope, around the same idea, you have a massive fucking uh, sniper rifle affixed to a arcade cabinet, and you would actually look through the scope with your dominant eye, and you would find your targets and actually snipe them from afar. Lots of different missions. I mean, it was essentially just your time crisis, but with a sniper rifle. Yeah, but see, yeah, it was like a different, the slow down almost take mm -hmm. on that. Except it's like, you better fucking move fast. You have like 10 goddamn seconds to hit a moving target from like three miles away. Mm -hmm. With a pedal to zoom in, I believe. Um, maybe. Maybe. I know that you had like a faraway screen, and then when you yeah, actually look through the screen. You, you could like look out and like. The game would like, highlight your target. Actually, orient the sniper. Then, yeah, you'd want to like get a crosshair, then you'd like look through it and then fine tune your aim. You yep. Know? So you know we have we have a lot of these different arcade games actually popping up, and uh, Tony, you've actually experienced 
one of these arcade games that I uh, used, uh, I'd, I'd call it pseudo virtual reality. We're talking about this uh, NASCAR built. Uh, yeah, this, the racing simulator thing. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, that was fun. I don't remember where I was when I did this. It was at like Only some arc- existed in some <laughs> yeah. far you know, had, like a name to yeah. it or anything. Yeah, nothing. I just know it was an arcade on like a family vacation I went on. I just don't remember where we went. Um, but it was just like a NASCAR stock car. Yep. Kind of bare bones. Had like cheap little graphics on the side of it, and you'd climb into it. And they had a big projected screen in front of you. You had a steering wheel. You had all your pedals, including clutch. You had the shifter. And you... You essentially stepped foot into a, a NASCAR, like an actual mm-hmm. stock car. And it was cool because they had two of them. So you could race your buddy. In this case, I was racing my uh, younger brother. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it was great. The car would shake and stuff when you'd hit the wall and stuff, which I did because they failed to tell me that the... <laughs> steering wheel in my car was not perfectly perfectly straight so as soon as it went three two one go i slammed straight into the wall and <laughs> that was it and that's another thing that i'll that i'll touch up on as far as like my personal experience is that uh these uh a lot of these arcade games with uh uh alcohol simulated uh virtual reality actually fail at great lengths uh, as they are in their primitive stages at this point. Mm-hmm. Which, car uh, phone stage. Car phone stage, yes, absolutely. And, I mean, I don't know if I would go so far as to even call them virtual reality. Right. I would probably more put them in like an augmented mm-hmm. yeah. an augmented reality. Like virtual a, reality is when like you almost can't tell the difference anymore. Mm-hmm. Like you just kind of... Like when it's projecting a virtual space in yeah, front of you, you versus... Mm-hmm a screen and immersion uh, that immersion yeah. depth that yeah. we look at with VR. So that's, I guess that's kind of what I had in mind for that B17 thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you, you're in like a going cockpit. You could look through like a bomb site. Mm-hmm. Going back to that, they don't sit in a bubble. That is it. something that they are starting to work on. Not specifically <laughs> with the B17, but um, one <laughs> thing that I've wanted one. for a very long time is a really good multi-crew either tank simulator where you and your buddy, one person's the driver, one person's actually like loading shells and aiming and uh, firing the gun and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, they do have for Oculus and I think HTC Vive um, a game called uh, Iron Wolf VR, which is submarines. That sounds sweet. Yeah, you uh, you actually have to like run up to the periscope, look into the periscope, find your target. Once you have your target, you have to kind of like lock onto it and then go run down your, uh, it's multiplayer so you can have friends helping you. Run over to the torpedo tube, go to the uh, computer, calculate the trajectory on where it needs to send the torpedo and actually hit the button and launch a torpedo, flood the tubes, all that stuff. I guess that's what it comes down to is like, how closely can you simulate the actual experience of being in one of these vehicles? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you do, that's, uh, like, that's the kind of shit I want to see. And honestly, that's kind of where our military is going too. For like um, training, yes. Which I'm I'll absolutely hit here, uh, right around like the uh, 2012 mark, where we get to uh, commercializing VR. Yeah, I'm for fairly certain the U.S. military bought a bunch of Oculus. When well, they did not surprise me. When Was they it? came out for drones and stuff. Mm-hmm. 
I want to say, like, they, I don't know if the army, but they use, like, um, the same, like, simulation engine that Arma uses. Oh, yes. Or are you talking uh, America's Army, the game? No, like, it's, a, it's like, it's basically Arma, mm-hmm. but, like, not, not Arma. It's, like, I can't remember what they called it. It's, like, not the, the Arma engine, but it's... I know that they that the U.S. Uh, the U.S. Army has their own video game called America's Army, something like that. I heard a, about. I played this. America's Army three. Like there was an article that made um, it sort of made it sound like they essentially trained soldiers on playing Call of Duty. Yeah, yeah, is, yeah, is, it's, is it's, how it's put it. And I then, do know that. Looking like, back on my time playing that game, I was like, yeah, that's, that's pretty much what it is. <laughs> they used uh, chucking knives across the map ever, to get that kill cam, dog. Did I ever tell you about <laughs> when I oh, we get called by recruiters when I was like 17, 18? Yeah, they'd be like, I was like, I don't want to be like, hey, look, I'm not interested. <laughs> like, right. stop calling me. I'm not going to join. Uh-huh. I know I'm a piece of shit. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, hey, yeah, man, what? You, you want video games to play, dude? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, you play Call of Duty? I'm like, nah. Like, yeah. You want to do that in real life, dude? And I'm like, no, actually. <laughs> I get killed a lot in Call of Duty, so uh, I imagine that... Um, I'd probably die at least as many times as that. Yeah. Hey, does the, uh, does the army actually play Sticks and Stones? Because that's my favorite game type. <laughs> it's like... Does the army have respawns? I do know that that was a recruiting tool used by the army. That they would, you would go to like, uh, I know I went to an air show in a a place near near where I live, and we, uh, they had like a tent uh, with a whole bunch of military recruiters out. They landed Blackhawks at the airfield, like right next to it, and they just had a Call of Duty tournament. And then they would obviously trying to get recruit, recruit. Yeah. And so he was called me, but I was like, I, I didn't want to say I was playing Metal Gear Solid Four at the time. Oh, so like my uh, <laughs> my disillusionment. <laughs> <of war. laughs> like uh, so, when do I fight a gecko? Yeah, like, <laughs> when do I fight my arch nemesis on the top of a Metal Gear? Yeah, in a fist fight. Like, how do I fight Osama bin Laden? You should ask Brian if uh, his arm's been severed and who actually has his DNA now. Yeah. And if it's actually a man named Six Shooter Robinson. You need to play Metal Gear Solid 4. Yeah, you know, sometime I fucking might, but right yeah, now... Yeah, my God, you should play it. Right now, the year is 1990, <laughs> and First yeah. World Viz Tech, Andy uh, Beal, um, like then-doctoral candidate at the University of California, Santa Barbara... Builds its own immersive headset, motion tracking system, and software to conduct research with Pioneer, uh, Pioneer uh, VR Pioneer, sorry, VR and Ear, which is another really good term. Uh, this um, invented on podcast for two people. Uh, hashtag trademark. Yeah. Yes. yes, I see you. Um, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> Cats, man. Oh, I'm having a good time. So, 1991, <laughs> the Teletech Glove One. Uh, was developed by Advanced Robotics Research Center, or ARRC, uh, developed the first haptic feedback glove, the Teletac Glove 1. You can tell what year these are all from just by the way they're naming them. Oh, yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like, oh, they, yeah. they sound like they're, like, trying to name something that Skynet would name. Mm-hmm. So anything about, like, Johnny Mnemonic where... 
like Keanu Reeves puts on like a headset and like cyber gloves. Yep. And then like the girl in the movie's like, What are you doing? He's like, I'm making a long distance phone call. And then he's like, You see like his perspective. He's in like a VR scape. Oh, hi. And then he's like <laughs> pulling like the world. He grabs it, brings it up to him, and then like clicks Hong Kong and then makes a long distance phone call to Hong Kong. Is yeah, it, you know what I do if I want to call Hong Kong? Don't. I'd pick up my phone. <laughs> no, no, no. No, he had he had data in his head computer that he had to unload. And then I'd, really... I'd call Guan Yu and be like, how's uh, how's Dynasty Warriors 22? And he'd be like, it's very bad. <laughs> Do not play. And I'd be like, I'm done. Okay. Not ready for an investor. And that was uh, that was my racist hot take of the day. I, you know, I, I, was, I got in on it, so you're not alone. <laughs> well, at least we'll burn together. That was the most failed high five I've ever seen. Oh, it was only between two partially drunk men in their 20s trying their best. So Uh, I can't wait to die. From 1996 to 1999, the first VR in space happened with NASA when they uh, later became World Vis's technology powered the uh, first VR on a shuttle science mission in space. Now, there's no uh, essential, like, uh, description or anything like that uh, as far as this timeline is considered. Uh, 1999, we get a R-E-C-V-E-B, uh, which is a lot of E noises. The first research lab to use VR for social psychology. You know, it doesn't even tell me. So, <laughs> I'm going to... I did not research R-E-C-V-E-B. Uh, so this was uh, for social psychology, which was founded by uh, Jim Bioskovich and uh, Jack Loomis, who's been kind of that name in the background for the Loomis. Inter- Loomis, yeah, the guy um, who hunted down um, Michael Myers. You haven't watched Halloween. Shut the fuck up. You didn't watch. Halloween. I watched everyone. When I'm trying to figure out what that is. Sam Loomis. He was uh, oh, Donald Pleasance's character. He's pure evil. You know, fucking Friday the 13th was yeah. good too. Uh, that was a week ago. Um, check out the Eternal Darkness episode we put out for Friday the 13th. We had a lot of fun on that episode. I think so. So, uh, Jim Bioskovich and Jack Loomis, uh, co directed by Andy Beale, uh, again, a name that has been reoccurring as well, at the uh, University of Santa Barbara. Again, so like this is this is kind of the hotbed right now, and these are names that are coming back and forth, back and forth throughout this timeline as far as VR goes. Uh, so in 2000, I'd like to touch up on uh, PCs' power for VR. Uh, so personal computers became powerful enough to drive immersive virtual reality, opening the floodgates for virtual reality research and technological development all over the world. But at this time, you'd have to really build your PC for it. And I can't imagine how big the case for that PC in 2000 had to be to actually power VR, considering the fact that you two have Cadillacs for PCs. Wouldn't say Cadillac. Big but... dick rigs. Big dick rigs. <laughs> Mining that Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how much is Bitcoin worth right now? Uh, Not a damn thing. All right. Say, so I think it's like six thousand. Oh, okay. So in 2002, World Viz was found. World Viz is uh. Service, uh, servicing of universities begins in uh, research labs, engineering firms, defensive contractors, and other large commercial and academic entities. 
with custom virtual reality solutions. So uh, also in 2002, all the way up to 2012 in this timeline, VR is uh, established in the workplace. Like those who first adopted PCs for the workplace, a small but prescient uh, group of companies begin implementing uh, turnkey VR solutions in their workflows and projects. So in that, I would say uh, working on uh, synergy, business, uh, economy, um, upturn, downturn, uh, 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 benchmarks uh, in the workplace. Are you <laughs> saying words? <laughs> uh, workplace words, um, business. Yeah, yeah, like key, keywords. Uh, show me your portfolio. <laughs> uh, in 2012, we get the Oculus Rift that uh, began, as we had uh, previously mentioned, uh, you had said that he essentially built that in his garage. Tony? Yep. Uh, the guy's name was, I just want to make sure that I don't flip his name around because I tend to do that. I want to say... Thomas Turnbuckle. No, uh, Palmer Lucky. Weird name. So also uh, a fighter in uh, f uh, Mike Tyson's Punch-Out 2. <laughs> really? Not to, be, not to be confused with Thomas Turnbuckle. But yep, he, uh, he made his first prototype hacked together in his uh, parents' garage in Long Beach, California. Of course, it was his parents' garage. He didn't have his own garage because yeah. he had... He was 18 when he uh, made this. When I was What 18. the fuck were we doing when we were 18? I was working uh, at a Mexican restaurant as a server and uh, hating life and dyeing my hair black and shaving my chest. <laughs> I what were you doing at 18? Thanks for that little I was working in a meat department of a grocery store. So, I was watching really dishes contrib- and then staying up too late playing motherfucking Baldur's Gate 2. Oh, I was just waiting for a BOTTIMBIS! One and two! One and two! But uh, overall, no. we were really uh, contributing to uh, the Nothing. community and the future of uh, virtual reality. So mm-hmm. tell me more about uh, Palmer Lucky. Basically, from what I'm gathering, is he uh, he built this thing in his garage. Uh-huh. I had heard that it was with ski goggles mm-hmm. and lenses and a screen yeah. for the first one, and he basically duct taped the whole thing together. Beautiful. And he presented, or er, he was a member of MTBS. Uh-huh. don't know what that is. To be honest, and he, uh, uh, he actually got discovered and like seen by uh, John Carmack, who okay. was very, very popular from the Doom and in software. Yes, yeah. in software. Days. Yep, he's now the CFO of Oculus. Last I knew, I don't know if that's still the case. After their uh, their purchasing out by Facebook of all fucking things. Yeah. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, Walmart's making robot bees, and Facebook has Oculus Rift, uh, bought for a whopping tune of uh, two point four billion dollars, which yep. is literally pocket change. Wasn't uh, John Carmack, isn't he in like a legal battle right now or is that like... Yep, he, uh, he, was, he got into a legal battle because when he left id Software yeah, to become... Like ZeniMax had some shit to say about yeah, that. Yeah, uh, was it ZeniMax, something like that was the company name, I forget. Anyway, they were developing VR technology and when he left uh, to be the CFO of Oculus, mm-hmm. um, they said that he brought... Like, to- Intellectual property and like their code his and knowledge of to them. 
I don't know. It sounds like I've just heard arguments on both sides that sound pretty... Uh, Legal pretty... battles are always so sticky like that. Yeah. Uh, something that we had realized in our last episode with Eternal Darkness is that there was... Oh, a, there's always... There was a... There is always there's always a counter sue or a counter argument to the first uh counter sue. <laughs> uh, then Phoenix Wright comes out. Yeah. Uh, you had more on this though? Yep, in uh, in June 2012, pulling this right from the Wikipedia. June the 2012, souls. during the E3 convention, John Carmack introduced a duct tape mounted uh, Display based in Lucky's Oculus prototype, which ran Carmack's own software. This unit featured a high speed IMU and a 5.6 inch or 14 centimeters LCD uh, display. It had dual lenses and it provided 90 degrees of horizontal and 110 degrees of vertical stereoscopic 3D. So, pretty interesting though. I mean, like uh, looking at where it started. And uh, the big thing is uh, that we wouldn't have the Oculus Rift unless uh, Mr. Lucky had the balls to show this off. Mm -hmm. uh, which is kind of big considering the fact that this dude is um, using something that's mounted by duct tape. Yeah. And essentially start out with ski goggles. Mm -hmm. uh, which, you know, like we're, we're looking at um, the actual first Oculus VR <laughs> without the duct tape, without the ski goggles being invented in 2012. And literally two short years later is big enough that it has already been used by a lot of names in uh, YouTube, mm -hmm. uh, showing off like the very most primitive of uh, VR games. Um, but, uh, you know, like it, it starts to gain traction. And I kind of wish that he would have just kept rolling with it, but how can you say no to over $2 billion for something that started out as ski goggles Lenses and duct tape. And I think when he got the buyout, he didn't lose his position in the mm -hmm. company. He was still working for it. He was still part okay. of development. Yeah. He just basically got a whole bunch of funding. It wasn't two point. It wasn't like two point four billion dollars cash or right. a check. A lot of it came in the in the form of Facebook stock. I see that. Yes. Uh, it looks like I have a note here. That this is um, to support people in, quote-unquote, sharing unbounded spaces and experiences with the people in your life. So, I remember there was a huge uh, uproar during this time, um, which was around the time that Brent and I actually uh, met each other and uh, fell madly in uh, brotherly love. Yeah. And it's been it's a good time. It's been sudsy every ever since, but uh, there the honeymoon a, phase has never ended. It has not. Uh, but no, going back to going back to that whole thing, I remember seeing parody videos of people uh, essentially putting on like your VR quote unquote, and then walking around and you'd be trying to play your game, and you'd have like so and so fucking liked your photo. Fucking check out this rad t-shirt. And of course now, um, we're about a week after the fact of seeing this massive scandal that Mark Zuckerberg has been in. <laughs> and I really don't think that it's going to have anything to do with VR. But as far as, like, the Facebook name is considered, it's on people's minds, people are leaving it, everything like that. It's just, uh... I've considered it. I've seriously considered it. If I didn't link so many of my fucking accounts with my Facebook out of ease of access, 
I would have done so a while ago. But I also use it to connect with uh, all the people I care about. Yeah. So it also so has all the pictures of like people I've lost or memories that I've had. It's like if I could just upload it to an easily accessible album, maybe I would. And you know, it's it's just one of those things where it's like you know, it's its name has been soiled. But luckily enough, like uh, we don't necessarily think about Facebook and VR at the same time. It's not even an afterthought. You have to be reminded that Facebook owns the rights to Oculus. Mm-hmm. I totally point. fucking forgot about that. Yeah, exactly. And I, I mean, like, we're only four years after the fact. However, uh, in 2015, this is when major players enter. This is like Google, Microsoft, Sony, HTC, and Samsung all join VR. And uh, World Viz is, uh, announces uh, the Viz Move and hardware-independent approaches to modular enterprise VR solutions. So this is when we're actually getting to the more economic aspect. This is also around the time that uh, we started seeing so many different versions of VR. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that maybe you guys might have seen this, but it was um, it was someone in the Netherlands. A group of uh, engineers had created a uh, treadmill, like a circular treadmill. The Omni? Yeah, the Omni, thank you, Um, that had the rails. The guy was actually playing Skyrim, and it looked like he was using, uh, I think, uh, the PlayStation Move, Mm -hmm. and actually firing a bow and arrow, ducking, moving, actually running, and everything like that. Yeah, the Move uh, Dildos. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Um, But, uh, you know, he's literally walking and moving. Uh, But then again, like... That's that's kind of the big thing here is that uh, that's nowhere near where we're at, mm-hmm. and that's nowhere near being uh, commercially functional. Well, there's actually some stuff with the uh, Virtuix Omni, as as, mm-hmm. as it was called. They uh, they announced a Kickstarter. They started doing uh, crowdfunding, obviously, to get people, and they were selling them, but they didn't. Uh, they were doing okay with that, but some at some point they decided to switch gears uh-huh. instead of selling it because I think their original price was like six hundred dollars for one of those treadmills. Which I mean, you know, if you had to choose between having uh, groceries for half a year or having this uh, Virtuix Omni in your living room mm-hmm. and being able to what we would choose, right? Yeah. yeah, I would buy I mean, at least. I was gonna say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 750 tons of ramen. Yeah. Um, but, uh, no, like, uh, going back into it, it's just, it's one of those things. How do you fit it in your living room? Yeah. And, like, what had happened with them, though, and it pissed a lot of people off, Mm -hmm. was they first started, like, commercial, or they wanted to be, like, personal, like, you can have one in your home kind of thing. Yeah. And as they started to gain traction. That was the big question, was, like... That's really cool, but how far away is it from actually being accessible Mm -hmm. to us? And honestly, as uh, a PC gamer and uh, how a lot of people uh, perceive it, that $600, $700 is not a huge jump. I mean, it's a lot of money, but for what you would be getting, and if you're going to build the whole VR experience, there's a lot of like... Right. A lot of the you, nerds now are rich. You already have the power. Basically. Yeah. The nerds now are rich, so they have money to spend and they want to re or they want to live the 
idea of the VR, the... Right, they want to reach that higher ground. Yeah, they want to reach that, the stuff that they grew up, like, seeing in media and stuff. Um, but what it actually had yeah. happened was they, uh, Virtuix decided yes. to completely switch gears on their company after they got funded. Rather than selling, oh. rather than selling the, at least to my knowledge, I'm not super knowledgeable on this, it's just what I've heard. They decided to sell the Omni commercially to like arcades and stuff. And you can't even go to their website and get a price. You actually have to like email them. That happens a lot. That happens a lot. Because before you go commercially, what would you rather do? Sell to a business that then can turn that into like thousands and thousands of dollars also businesses spend more money exactly and they, and they just don't care if they buy things. one and it turns out to be profitable they're likely going to buy multiple and then continue to be profitable off of those uh so that considering um looking at like the vibe uh looking at even we we actually uh i joked about this the other day uh, when we were talking about this episode earlier in the week, Tony, was uh, the Google Cardboard. Mm-hmm. Okay. What the fuck is that? Okay, so okay. <laughs> I, I am going to hand the wheel over to Tony, but first I'd like, to, I'd like to mention that there are so many different versions of virtual reality now that it's hard to keep a thumb on them. Which virtual reality is right for me, Tyler and Tony? Okay. It depends on how much you want to spend and it depends on yep. the immersion you want. So, uh, Tony, how about you start out with Google Cardboard? So, the Google Cardboard was kind of a... It was Google's attempt to make uh, VR kind of more mainstream. Like, get it a household name, make everyone understand what it was. It was mm-hmm. kind, it was a proof of concept. And what they did was is they released plans for a cardboard thing that you could take any box that you had, cut it uh, with these stencils. So, it's a blueprint. It's it was a blueprint. Lab, Yep, it was the stencils that you would cut out and form into a little headset and you would actually take your phone and and use the phone as a screen and you would uh, basically get uh, virtual reality with that. And it came with, uh, you would buy lenses from them. Mm -hmm. They had kits that you could buy that uh, contained everything you'd need, including the cardboard. But they also had the plans... That you could just go and grab a box from a random grocery store, cut it up, and mm-hmm. use it for uh, a proof of concept. Is really all it was. Mm-hmm. It was it was to make it more mainstream, make people know what it is, make people think it was cool, and make people invest in it. Yeah, because Google, uh, they're kind of in the VR market. They created a game called Tilt Brush. Which is a VR game where you draw and paint in 3D. Huh. It's it's pretty cool. Some I feel of, like I've seen some YouTube cool. videos on yeah. these. They would uh you would basically stand in a room with room scale and you would draw and actually shape and sculpt uh things in VR. I've seen some pretty could you could you uh spray diarrhea on the wall? <laughs> Spray diarrhea to. on the wall. <laughs> if you want, that would to. be if I That's what played I... <laughs> yeah. tilt brush. Because like, I'm not artistic at all. Beret 
on your like stool and then put it on your head. On that idea though, there <laughs> is another <laughs> VR game that I saw on the Oculus store. What one? Um, called uh, Spray Kings, and it is. Did the did the dot of the eye was it replaced with a crown? I think so. Was the S instead of Z or a money <laughs> sign? I don't I remember so. honestly. And was it like a spray can, like making a squiggle line under it? It could be. I don't remember. I, 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 I just know it's. No, a... I was actually just channeling my uh, inner uh, NFL, The Blitz. <laughs> EA Sports. Blitz! <laughs> but yeah, it, it's essentially uh, a VR wall, yeah. like brick wall, that you can get spray cans and spray graffiti on. Oh, yeah. And. So you can practice so your graffiti without yeah. uh, without the risk. So uh, does art imitate life, or does life imitate art? <laughs> I think it's a little bit of both. I think it is a little bit of both. And uh, so at this point, I would really like to go into um, what we've experienced, uh, kind of touch up on where things are now, because I think that what we've experienced does bring it to current. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then overall, from there, we can look at what we want out of it. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'll go ahead and kick us off. So cheap, yeah. talking about uh, personal experiences and everything like that, my first experience was, uh, I would say, uh, Harold, that is a piece of shit. Um, I actually went to, uh, I was talking to Tony about this uh, before we started this episode. But not me. Yeah, because you're fucking late. Too late. Anyway, I won't start that. I won't start that Vampire's Kiss, Nicholas Cage skit. So, is that like the best movie you've ever seen? It's one of the most influential. <laughs> yeah. Right next to like, you know, Fight Club and Way of the Gun. <laughs> uh, fucking, anywho. So, uh, years and years ago, I think I was maybe 13, so we can say it was maybe 15 years ago. I, my time is You're relative. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What is math? What is reality? What is perception of reality? Uh, chaos magic. So, anyway, uh, I was in Seattle visiting my sister. We went over to this like massive two-story arcade called GameWorks, which is still there, I do believe. Mm-hmm. And um, they had... It was the most amazing thing I've ever laid my eyes on, just this massive arcade. And it's still... Would you, would you say Galloping Ghost? Or what was this place called? Gameworks. Yeah. Gameworks Game over Galloping Ghost. And yeah. I love Galloping Ghost. And uh, if you are in the Chicago or even just the general vicinity of the state of Illinois... Go to uh, motherfucking Brookfield. Illinois. And out, you know what? Bam. You can spend six hours at Galloping Ghost and spend, what, $20, $25? Play as much as you fucking want, and when you get hungry, cross the street, go to La Cantina, and have the most delicious Mexican food you've ever had. Oh my god. If your car breaks down on the side of the road on your way there, there is a fucking garage right next to it. And you can go there. And if you are hungry for shards of glass, well, the parking lot next to Galloping Ghost is full of it. If you are one of those fuckers that loves shoveling cigarette filters in your mouth, it has no short limit of cigarette butts. 
want your car to end up in fucking boots. The cops are all over Brookfield, and if you park on the wrong if side of the road, they'll find you. To tell you to stay the fuck out of here. They will find you, and they will boot you. Oh, they man. will boot you. Uh, so, go, going back to it, though, I'm so oh, sorry, Jesus but I... Christ. No, this is worth it. This is I'm worth so it. sorry. Is really I get off on a tangent, and I totally blame the liquor. <laughs> I, that's the story, Brent. I am the liquor. This so is, this is what this is why we do this. This is why we do this. But uh, our time at Galvin Ghost was amazing. I loved it. I honestly, I got to show everybody how good I was at uh, Darius uh, Burst. They have a four-player Darius Burst game. All of you sit on a bench. Each of you control your own ship, and it is. So fucking amazing. It's like my, we, it's not my favorite smoke. We, yeah, it's amazing. And I keep forgetting that I own it and I need to play it. You should play it every day. Um, I should. But anyway, I'm getting so far off base here. Play with here. me. Right? So, uh, um, now, where were we? Halfway across the country in Seattle, Washington, there <laughs> is a two story arcade called Gameworks. And they do have a bar and they also serve food. So if you are uh, a parent with, uh, with kids, uh, obviously if you're a parent, but if you go to GameWorks and you're like, uh, fuck it, I played so much House of the Dead that I could just murder an entire cow right now. They have that at that, uh, at that restaurant there. Um, whole cow? Whole cow. Yes. You want to go yes. whole cow? You can go whole cow at GameWorks. Um, but my first experience with virtual reality was here at GameWorks. And uh, it was called the Virtual Arena. And it's kind of funny. I, I called it out, and I made sure that I was correct. But this was uh, Tekken 3, put up on a massive projection screen. And you would sit in a, like, a two-foot diameter circle. And they had two circles, so, you know, you could fight your buddy. And you'd sit next to you about three feet away. And uh, you'd stand in this circle. It would have you punch with both arms, kick with both legs... Crouch and jump to uh, essentially, um, what do I want to call that? Calibrate, sorry. Mm -hmm. uh, to calibrate your body, how you move, and everything like that. So it actually calibrated for each person. That's important. Yeah, because height would be a big this. thing. Height and your, uh, Width, your, your wingspan. How broad you are, basically. everything like that. Yeah. So I was playing Tekken 3. I was playing Tekken 3, and I picked Yoshimitsu because at the time, Yoshimitsu was my man in Soul Cali. Uh, fucking love Soul Calibur. Fucking love Yoshimitsu. Jesus Christ. Okay, so Dang. I was playing... I was playing... Dang! So, yeah, going to uh, Harada's... Uh, it, homie. Yeah. Sorry, I said... Sorry. But uh, running over to, like, Harada's baby, Tekken. <laughs> uh, Tekken 3 in the virtual arena at Gameworks. We're looking at... Um, these uh, two foot diameter circles. You stand in there, you calibrate it and everything like that. You pay $7 to start this motherfucker. Worth every penny, I assume. Uh, I'm sorry, but fuck no. No. <laughs> fuck no. Like I said, like this is, uh, in my memory, heralded as a, as a really shite experience. So uh, going into the whole thing, um, I'm only playing arcade because my brother did not want to make a fool of himself, and I'll hold him to that because we might have been able to play a little bit more, but it probably would have just, you know, you beat someone in versus mode, they go to the arcade, and then you will promptly get shit stomped. Um, so I'm playing in uh, arcade mode, and I have forever been cursed with a massive Sam, Sam Squanch feet. <laughs> 
Uh, I wear a size 13 and a half shoe, and uh, at that time I was wearing a size 12. And I was 13 years old. And these are very small circles. Babby Tyler? Uh, Babby Tyler was still rather uh, large. Rather babby, but large. <laughs> babby Sam Squanch. Uh, so I'm fighting. I'm having a good time. I'm like throwing right hooks, left straights. Just in and, the air. Right, in the air. You're punching past a circle. You're not so even that playing it registers. Game yet. Right. So like your, your, your fist passes the uh, circle, and then you're able to actually throw your punch. Same thing with your kicks. You jump. You step in front, uh, step out of the circle. You can just put your toes in front of the circle. You step forward, uh, put foot back. You step back. So <sighs> this is so heartbreaking. Uh, I spent seven hard-earned uh, Tyler dollars. <laughs> Tyler dollars. What are those at now? Uh, you got to be a good boy to get Tyler dollars. <laughs> but uh, so I don't. I didn't have very many. Um, <laughs> So I, I get geared up and ready to fight, um, I believe, Nina as Yoshimitsu. And, um, you know, I'm throwing my punches and stuff, but Yoshimitsu just, like, keeps, like, stepping back. And I'm like, what the fuck? And I just get railed. Like, this is a 10-second match of me getting comboed to death by Nina. And um, then it's just done. It's just done. Like, uh, I just fucking literally... Uh, had maybe like 10 seconds to play this and I spent seven bucks uh, obviously I didn't go back was that 10 seconds worth seven bucks oh absolutely not okay um, really? I, I, I figured like maybe, maybe it was a really good time my, my brother the whole time was like laughing hysterically because because <laughs> you my look like heel, an idiot <laughs> yeah for one thing you look like a fucking idiot uh, there was actually a picture somewhere of me in like a big ass baggy hoodie like throwing like a right cross Mm -hmm. In this virtual arena, like perfect profile picture for Facebook. Literally, like except like uh, it's like for Lego like an edgy thirteen year old. No, it's like literally like Lego haircut Tyler <laughs> oh, throwing a right cross I in virtual reality. Yeah, I I could see a thirteen year old you with that as your profile picture. Yeah, and just like all sorts of emo stuff just in your. I had a good one like finding like my dad's gun. <laughs> that's like only that was my MySpace pick for a little bit. Ooh. Oh, MySpace! Haven't yeah. heard that in forever. Right. So uh, I should probably stop I, saying Facebook and start saying. I feel like we can talk about VR without talking about the the history of the web. Yeah. 